Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to go through and answer some of your questions. We put up in our Instagram story the other day and ask me anything. So it could be Rugby League life, whatever it might be. The vast majority are Rugby League, but there are a couple of good ones in there as well. So we're going to go through about five questions here. Uh, and throughout the day, I think we'll go through and do a few of these podcasts. So we might end up with two or three of these potties, all with different random topics and whatnot. So we'll see how long they go for. Uh, we'll see. I, I've picked about five questions for this one. So go through and answer answer those gives you pretty in-depth there are a big mix of rugby league questions and general questions i'll just tell you the questions before we start so it'll go from warriors nrl fanatics can the warriors finish in the top four is our first question our next question from breaking the yips the great sebo uh from the hello sport universe what's your handicap surely had a few hits at moore park we'll talk about that ed stapleton should the NRL run a wild card final spot where two of the bottom eight play finals? Interesting question from Matthew G's. Talk about Supercoach versus Fantasy. So obviously um, there is Supercoach that we play. Then there is Fantasy, which is run by the NRL, uh, which is their you know fantasy sport sort of equivalent. We'll talk about that because it's a bit of a rivalry there. Uh, more Jimmy said, if you could travel back in time to any game and watch live, what would it be? A fantastic question I can't wait to get to. And then our last one, bit of a giggle to finish from Thomas Hunt. How dirty were you when you lost the catching bomb versus those manly Derek? So I'll give you the hot tip. I was pretty fucking dirty. So a bit of a crossover on today's episode. Bit of a giggle at the same time as a bit of serious footy chat. But let's start at question one. And this one comes from Warriors NRL Fanatics. Uh, puts up great content on social media. Make sure you go check him out. Does a lot of YouTube work as well. Really nice guy. Warriors NRL Fanatics. So go check out the content he's putting out there, especially if you are a Warriors fan. Can the Warriors finish in the top four? Um, I did not give the Warriors a hope in hell at the start of the season finishing in the top four. I didn't even really consider them a shot at finishing in the top eight, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. Uh, but what the Warriors have done this year has been incredible. Uh, and, you know, we sort of wrapped them galore on Bloke in a Bar the other day. So 
I, I'm, I'm hesitant to repeat myself too much, but I do just think that what the Warriors have achieved this year, the way that they've pulled this squad together, it hasn't been easy. They've had to overcome injuries and whatnot. Obviously, Tamare Martin's missed a lot of football. Um, you've obviously got Mitchie Barnett, who missed a lot of football. Toyo Harris has been in and out. Dill Walker's been in and out. Uh, so there has been a lot of change, a lot of challenges for this side to overcome. And I think, though, that like the poster boy of all this is probably SJ and the way that he has bounced back to form this year. I said it on Bloke and a Bar the other day. If, if I was running an NRL club, I honestly wouldn't have signed Sean Johnson at the start of the season. I would have looked elsewhere. I have been so impressed by the football that he has played this year. And I think a lot of it, um, you have to give credit to the coach, Webby. I think it's been incredible what he's managed to do over there. Uh, you also need to keep in mind that you know, Webster's had no say over this squad, realistically. This is a squad that he's inherited. Uh, would he be happy with everyone there? No, he wouldn't be. There's no way that he would be happy with that entire roster squad of 30 because he's had no say in it. He hasn't been able to mould it the way that he would like as a roster. But what he's done is taken the 30 blokes he's been given and he's coached those 30 blokes. He hasn't coached the 30 blokes that he would want or the halfback that he'd want or the 5'8 that he'd want or the fullback that he'd want. He has coached the fullback, the halfback, the 5'8, every position that he has. And I think that is such an underrated thing in rugby league and something that we that we sleep on consistently is coaching the team you have instead of the team that you want. And I think it's why a lot of coaches do fail in the NRL, to be honest with you. And it sounds stupid, but you watch teams sometimes, you can just tell, fuck, they're trying to be Penrith. They're trying to be Melbourne. You know, at the moment, teams are trying to be Penrith. Ten years ago, teams were trying to be the Melbourne Storm. Before that, teams were trying to be the Roosters, trying to be the Broncos, these sort of sides. And you can only be those teams if you've got those players, if you've got that roster and that sort of balance in your side. Not all teams do. Teams are structured differently. Uh, and I think that what this, Pan- this Warriors side done has been incredible. And I think that if you look at Webby, he's come from the Panthers, where he's seen the way that they do things but with the players that they've got. And he he hasn't brought that to the New Zealand Warriors. He's brought their own brand, their own style, which reflects who the Warriors are and who they've got in their squad. I think Jackson Ford is a fantastic example of that. Very different to back rowers at the Penrith Panthers, but the way that he utilises him has been incredible. The way that Adam Fenua Blake plays. I mean, you don't see Adam Fenua Blake being, you know, the way that he's being used, you don't see that at Penrith over the last few years with Mosley Otto, Fisher-Harris, because they don't have the upside that an Adam Fenua Blake has, and I think that's been something that Webby has done incredibly well. Now, do I think they can be a top four team? Yeah, I I do potentially think they can. I I can't possibly rule them out of it. What I will say about this side is that they have collected a lot of confidence over the last few weeks, and they have played very, very well. But, you know, I have to call it out as I see it. Um, They obviously... You know, play the Dolphins, uh, which you know the Dolphin, you know, the Dolphin side is slowly falling apart. The the Canberra Raiders down there, who I think just got overdone by emotion, and the Dragons, who are falling apart at the seams as well. The next three weeks, well, the next four weeks, to be fair, uh, they've got the Raiders, the Parramatta Eels the Cronulla Sharks and the Canberra Raiders, four teams that I believe will play finals footy this year into a bye. So they've essentially got a month of September-like football. And I think the next month is going to tell us a lot about the New Zealand Warriors. Am I saying they're going to lose all those games? No, I'm not. But what I want to see is this team go for that entire month playing top-shelf sides. And if they can get out of that month with two, three, four wins, they then go a bye into the Titans, the Tigers, Manly, Dragons and the Dolphins. So they go from playing four top eight sides to 
four bottom eight sides. Gold Coast Titans sort of in the middle of that. Probably going to be a bottom eight side, though, I would say. Probably just going to miss finals, but I'm not ruling them out of it. Obviously, a big win on the weekend against the Brisbane Broncos and whatnot. So it's a very interesting spot to be for the Warriors. And I think that if they can really compete and really handle themselves over the next four weeks against these top-shelf sides, they're going to come out of that buy and go, okay, we've got five games to get ourselves ready for an assault on the finals. And if they're able to pick up two to three wins over the next four weeks against these top sides, and I think going up against South Sydney... Tomorrow, I think that gives them a really good opportunity. No Latrell Mitchell, few few changes in that side and whatnot over in New Zealand. Huge advantage to have. So the Warriors, I think they're sitting in a really good spot, but I think the next month will tell us a lot about the New Zealand Warriors. So I'm hoping they finish top four. I think it'll be fucking fantastic. Um, I'm pretty confident they play finals now. I think that when I have a look at that draw, I think that they can play finals. But that top four would be really, really cool to see. The test for the Warriors is going to be that the five weeks leading into uh, the NRL final series, they're probably not going to be playing top eight standard teams. So that's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. They either can get their confidence sky high and roll into finals, or maybe it sort of lures them out of that grind that you need to be in to win finals games. So interesting times for the Warriors. Uh, but I do think they can finish in the top four, mate. And when I have a look at that at that draw and the back end of it, I think the next four weeks are very, very important going into that round 22 bye, and then they go, okay, if we're going to win a comp, we've got nine weeks left. We've got five or six weeks that we think we can win in the first few, then we get to finals footy and we've got to turn it up a notch. So exciting times for the Waz. I'm not ruling them out. Breaking the yips. Great man, Sebo from the Hello Sport Universe, as I said earlier. Go and check out his YouTube, his Instagram. I absolutely love the gear he puts up. I love watching Sebo's videos. And he's playing golf. He obviously lives in my local area and whatnot, so he plays a lot of golf courses around my area. So I really enjoy uh, watching his content. And even if you're not a golf person, I think you'll just thoroughly enjoy the commentary. Really good giggle from Sebo there. What's your handicap? Surely had a few hits at Moore Park. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a handicap. I've never been a good enough golfer to have a handicap. never taken it seriously enough to have a handicap. Never been good enough to have a handicap either. Um, I think he mentions more Park. I had a few beers with Sebo when we were up at Brisbane for Magic Round one night. Had a bit of a chat about what he's doing and stuff. My old man works at Moore Park Golf Club. Uh, golf course, sorry. Uh, so I, I have had a few hits around there. Not, not as many as you'd think though, to be fair. I'm more of a uh, hacker around uh, Botany, Bexley, a couple of the other golf courses around with my mates that are all sort of taking the piss a little bit. Uh, but I have become pretty fond of the uh, virtual golf courses that we've got around Sydney now. I absolutely love them. There's one in Alexandria, which is near our bloke in a bar studios that we go to a bit. Golf space, shout out to it. Um, absolutely love that joint. But uh, no, definitely not on your level, Sebo. Uh, but I've got a feeling as I get older, I might get more and more into it. It's actually one of my big regrets of my life that uh, my dad worked at the golf course and as a kid, I couldn't think of anything worse than playing golf. Uh, and when I play for a couple of weeks and a couple of months straight and I start to practice a little bit, I'm actually a half-decent golfer, but I just don't have that foundation that I had a golden opportunity to get when I was younger. So, yeah, tough one. Do wish I was better at it, though. I wish I had more time to play. Uh, Ed Stapleton, should the NRL run a wildcard final spot where two of the bottom eight sides play finals. Really interesting. So what Ed is suggesting here, uh, obviously the bottom eight is now a bottom nine, so that would make it very tough. But you could essentially just scratch the wooden spooners. Um, it's tough, mate, because how would you do that? How would you work out the bottom eight teams, which one of them gets a wild card entry? For example, in the NFL, um, I think you, you have a wild card weekend, which is the first one, the first weekend. So what you could potentially do is have a wild card weekend where maybe it's like nine and ten play each other, and the winner of that goes through. Maybe you have, you know, eight versus eleven. 
9 versus 10 and maybe have the games on the Friday, games on the Sunday, and that's your opportunity to try and get in. But with sports science and all that, I just don't think uh, they would allow that to happen anymore. And I don't think you would be any hope in hell of winning a comp or even competing for a competition if you had to play two games the weekend before. So there's no real way you could do it with the entire bottom eight because like you would have to go week by week and that could take up to a month to work out which two teams get to get a wild card into finals and probably lose week one and get dusted. So I think from that viewpoint, I do think it would be too difficult. I love the idea of it and I would love to have like a wild card weekend the first weekend but I'm just not sure how you would make it work and how, how it all make it happen. I think it'd be really exciting, and I am I'm a big fan of. I think I think the NRL suggested something along these lines a couple of years ago, where they went from a top eight to a top ten. I'm all for uh, having more games that are sudden death. Uh, sudden death footy is the most interesting footy. It's the most exciting footy, and I'm all for having more games like this where you're on your edge of the seat, going "fuck." They're playing for a season here. I love that, but I'm just not sure how you would make it work in the NRL as far as our final series goes and the numbers and everything, especially when you have a look at the NFL. they got 32 teams. We've only got um, the 17, so that makes a big difference. But it would be good to find a way to do this where the other top eight teams maybe got a week's break or whatever. I think that would be fantastic before finals because it would also mean that in round 26, round 27, those top eight teams would probably stop resting players. Um, and the teams that are competing for a wild card, they wouldn't be able to rest players because they'd still be competing uh, for that spot. So from from that perspective, I think that would be fantastic. It'd be great for like super coach and all that because you probably don't want to have two weeks away from footy. The one week would be fantastic. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, mate. I'm not exactly sure how it would work, but I understand why you've asked the question because there are a lot of positives to take from it. Just not sure how it would work realistically. Shout out to Ed Stableton, a fantastic question. This one comes from Matthew G. Talk about Supercoach v Fantasy. So as you guys know, obviously, from all the content I put out, I'm a Supercoach guy. Uh, I've said it on a number of occasions, though. I'm not one of the guys that sits there and goes, oh, Fantasy sucks, Supercoach is better. I think that's like the lowest chat imaginable. Uh, I found it really interesting when we went to when we went on the country tours uh, with Bloke and Bar at the start of the year. It was fucking fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, we went to Wagga and Armadale in New South Wales and um, we arrived there and you know people just absolutely flocked me and Timmy to talk about Supercoach we must have looked through hundreds of teams while we we're in those towns whether it was getting a coffee or whether it was at the pub that night doing the show it was fantastic we absolutely loved it a lot of Supercoach fans got out and said hello to me and Timmy and everything it was great but then we went to Queensland it was interesting a lot of people watch beers and break evens and are still engaged in the content, but more people up there played NRL fantasy, which I thought was interesting. I I reckon we when we were in New South Wales, I reckon eighty percent of people that play fantasy uh, will, will play fantasy sports. We're playing Supercoach instead of NRL fantasy. Then we went to Queensland and it was completely flipped. I reckon twenty percent of people actually played Supercoach, and it was like eighty percent of the people we spoke to were NRL fantasy. We'd sit at a table of you know fifteen blokes that'd be all different gr- groups of people at you know two three a.m. talking to them and they'd be sitting with me and Tim talking about fantasy sports and you know the you'd, you know, we'd say to the table how many of you play Supercoach and one or two hands would go up which is really interesting whereas in New South Wales it was completely different and I, I don't even know really anyone that I'm close to or that I'm mates with that plays fantasy down here but up in Queensland it seemed to be a lot more popular I think for me and look I've never played fantasy I'm just looking from a distance I don't love the way that fantasy does scoring I prefer super coach uh, but I am also more than willing to admit that I'm obviously used to um, how super coach is played and that's how I've that's what I've grown up playing and that's what I've grown up playing with all my mates and still do to this day so I'm obviously biased towards super coach but I really have 
no problem with fantasy. Uh, if you choose fantasy over supercoach, so be it. That's it. Uh, there's, it's not really a big deal. There isn't a huge like there, there, there is a difference, and I prefer supercoach. Uh, but I'm sure that if ten years ago when I really got into supercoach, if my mates would have said, "Hey, our draft is on the NRL fantasy app," I would have gone, "Yeah, fuck, sweet, okay, cool." Um, and I'm sure I would have then been a fantasy guy. So I would actually, I would love to see one day for the two of them to combine and potentially supercoach and fantasy work out how they do it together. Because uh, then it would obviously, for content and everything, it would just double the size of the pool. And I think it would be fantastic if all NRL fans were playing under the same banner when it comes to fantasy sports. Because it is going to get bigger and it is be- going to become more and more important. And it is something that me and Timmy can see can, can see building over time that uh, we're hoping to be you know at the front of that or the face of that in the future. So, yeah, I, look, I don't have a problem with fantasy. I prefer Supercoach, but no issue with fantasy or fantasy players or whatever. And quite often I get I talk to fantasy players and they tell me that they watch beers and break-evens and whilst the information isn't lining up perfectly for them, they can still make good judgment calls off the back of that and it all does work uh, pretty similar. But, yeah, I'm not a fantasy player myself, so I probably can't comment on it. Um and I haven't had a good look myself, but I and obviously I'm involved in Supercoach more so, so I might not be the best person to talk about it. But I do feel like that there isn't, um, there probably isn't like a social content creator that I'm aware of that has really grabbed fantasy uh, by the horns and absolutely dominated it. I see the content that the NRL puts out for fantasy, uh, and I don't think it's overly engaging. I have a look in the comments. I just don't think it's got the same sort of following that. Um, that, you know, beers and break-evens and other content creators like SC Playbook and everything have in Supercoach. So, yeah, really interesting, but I would love to see the two merge and us all be under one banner one day. I think that would be super exciting. There'd be more eyeballs, be more money in it, and it'd just be fucking unreal. It'd be great. So, yeah, that, that's about it on Supercoach versus uh, Fantasy. I don't even like saying the two versing each other. Uh, I don't think it's a competition against each other, realistically. You play one or you play the other, you enjoy it, you have a good time with your mates. That's the way it goes. Uh, this one comes from More Jimmy. What a question. This one is an absolute cracker. If you could travel back in time to any game and watch live, what would it be? A fantastic question there from more Jimmy. Uh, absolutely love that one. Um, now, if I could go back and watch any game live, I don't think I'd go back to a game that I was there live for. I think I'd have to pick one that I wasn't there for. Um, and there's a number of ones to pick from. So, like, obviously, I think the first grand final I went to was the 2003 grand final, Roosters v Penrith. So I was lucky enough to be there for the Scott Sattler moment there. I was lucky enough to be there for Benji's flick. I was there for the, the night GI absolutely lit it up and won East Clive Churchill. Uh, what other nights was I there? I was obviously there in 2015 when Thurston kicked the field goal. Uh, so there's been a number of very special moments. South Sydney's premiership I was there for. The Cronulla Sharks premiership I was there for. So I've been very lucky to be at a number of very big games, very big events, and been able to watch them live. Uh, but for me, if I had to go back in time and go back to any live event, the ones that come to me straight away... I think the 1997 uh, ARL Grand Final, obviously when Darren Albert scores uh, on the last few moments there to win that Grand Final for Newcastle, uh, obviously a special moment because Darren Albert scores that try and it really is the making of the legend of Andrew Johns down the short side, finding him back on the inside, but also... 
you know, when, when I mentioned some of the key moments that came back to me that I was lucky enough to have been there live for, the South Sydney Premiership, um, the Cronulla Premiership, obviously the first Premiership that those clubs won, the 2015 Premiership for the Cowboys as well. I was lucky enough to be there three years in a row uh, when teams won their first Premiership, so that was pretty special. But to be there when Newcastle won their first Premiership, I think that would have been incredible. So the 1997 Grand Final, especially at, because it was at the SFS as well. Um, the SFS was a stadium I grew up and just learned everything I know about footy and where, where I really fell in love with the game. So the 97 ARL Grand Final, uh, the Darren Albert try, that's probably the moment I would have loved to have been there for the most. Um, I think the 99 Grand Final would have been pretty special as well, being there to see the Melbourne Storm win their first premiership. That would have been pretty unreal. Obviously, that one uh, had the controversial penalty try. So being there in that moment, I think would have been amazing. Hard to go past like... Seeing those Broncos and and the Broncos and the Canberra Raiders teams live in the early nineties, uh, obviously seeing you know Mal take his intercept would have been a pretty cool moment to be there for. Uh, watching the Brisbane Broncos go back to back after only being in the comp for five years, I always think that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Watching Steve Renolf make that break down the sideline, that would have been pretty special. That was actually two days before I was born, that try, so that's pretty wild to think about. The 1989 Grand Final has to be right up there, though. Um, obviously, in 89, game went to extra time and whatnot. Uh, pretty fucking special scenes there. So that would have been fantastic to be there for and to watch that game, You know, widely regarded as one of the greatest games of all time, probably until the 2015 Grand Final, which I was lucky enough to be there for. So, yeah, 89, 97 come to mind straight away. I would have loved to have been on the 1990 Kangaroo Tour. Obviously, that try where Ricky Stewart, he throws the intercept. I think it's game two of the uh, Ashes series there. He throws the intercept, um, and then a few minutes later, makes the break where he throws the big dummy and then finds Mal Meninga on the inside. That would have been a pretty special moment uh, to be there for. So, yeah, I, th- I think that they'd. if I had to pick three, I think they'd be the three. I think I would take the – in no order, I'd probably go the 1990 Ashes Tour game two – that would be amazing to be there for. I would probably take the 1997 Grand Final, definitely. And then my other one would be either the 99 Grand Final or the 89 Grand Final. One of those two, I would say. They would have all been uh, pretty special moments to be there for. There's obviously a lot of origins that would have been very special to be there for as well. The 2014, fuck, I forgot about 2014. That would have been pretty special to be there for that as well. Uh, when Trent Hodkinson scored, I wasn't at the game that night. That would have been... Fucking insane to be there for that. I spent the night with mates and whatnot. That was unreal. But, uh, yeah, great question. Unreal question. Shout out to more Jimmies. I thought that was a fantastic one. Um, Yeah, very, very tough to make a decision on that one. But, yeah, 97 probably comes to mind straight away. 
be pretty special to see Darren Albert score under the sticks for Newcastle's first ever premiership. All right, next one. Thomas Hunt is our last question. How dirty were you when you lost the catching bombs first, those manly Derricks? Yeah. Look, I'll be honest with you. I was pretty filthy. Um, I'm still pretty filthy at Matty the Waterboy, if I'm completely honest with you. Uh, me and Timmy safest houses under the bombs. We were absolutely flying. Could have caught 100 of them, I reckon. And uh, when we went out there, we were all pretty nervous. And, uh, you know, the first one went up and Tom... Tom over Rennett, he's slipping and sliding. He actually did well to hold his feet, to be fair. Tommy Birmingham, I thought he was Gornski. He dropped that one. Eddie dropped his. Me and Tim took ours, and we thought, we're going to shit in here. This is going to be good as gold. And then, of course, our little son that we took to the game, Matty the Waterboy, stepped up. And uh, poor old Matty the Waterboy, I think he would have caught a cold out there before he caught a football. He was in all sorts. So uh, it's actually made for perfect content, and it's been perfect for me and Tim to be able to give an absolute stack of shit to Maddie ever since, and it will always be fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I was pretty filthy to lose that one. I'm pretty competitive when it comes to that sort of stuff, especially against those fucking idiots. Uh, so I was pretty filthy to lose that one, but I will take no responsibility and no accountability for it. Me and Tim caught it 100%, and I will solely blame Matty the water boy. Uh, if you are keen, guys, I think I will be jumping on with the Hello Sport Boys Friday night. So tonight when you're listening to this podcast, I think we'll be doing a live stream of the Penrith Panthers versus the Melbourne Storms. So a real footy nerd out there. Timmy was going to join us, but he's on a plane as we speak on his way over to Europe. I think he's got a family wedding over there, going to Wimbledon, going to Lords for the cricket. So very, very jealous of Timmy over the next few days. So um, the Supercoach Spy from the SC Playbook will be joining us on Beers and Breakevens next week. That is going to be an absolute crack. I cannot wait to shoot the shit with him. Legend of a bloke. Last time I saw him was very early on Sunday morning at the Caxton Hotel on during Magic Round. So uh, it'll be good to catch up with the Spy again. Legend of a bloke. So yeah, plenty more content coming your way today, guys, on the Rugby League. Guru Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 